Yeah, so last week Sunday, we looked at money follows mastery. Everybody say money follows mastery. And we explained how that it is important that you are good at something. Instead of chasing after money, chase after mastery. Become better at what you're doing. Glory to God. Listen, if you, if you will do this, it's going to change your life forever. Money becomes easy when you master or something, when you are skillful at something, when you develop something about yourself, in yourself, and people are looking for that value. That's how money comes to us. So the only way to get money in your life is for you to build mastery. Everybody say build mastery. Say it again. Say build mastery. I know sometimes you may not have to be the master at that thing, but you see, because you already have a master, his name is Jesus. You see, but you can be, you can develop mastery in that thing. That means whatever level you are today, there is another level to that thing. Am I correct? Yes. For instance, there are barbers and there are barbers. Am I right? Yes. So there's always another level to what, what anything you're doing. That means you have to strive to become better and better and gain mastery in whatever you're doing. Can you shout amen? Can you shout amen? So today, we're entering the next title for today. You know, um, apart from money follows mastery, there's something else that money requires. Money requires management. Everybody say money. Say requires management. Say it again. Say money requires management. Look at Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24 from the Message Bible. Proverbs eleven twenty four from the Message Bible. Can we read together? Everybody want to go? Uh huh. All right. Let's let's make this practical this morning. Everybody, do your hands like this. Are you ready? Look at the Bible. Says the word of the generous. Guess what? Larger and larger. Can we do it again? Want to go? I want you to say out of your mouth. The word of the generous. Guess what? Some of you are not lodging your hands. Let's do it again. The world, want to go, want to go, say it. The world of the generous gets what? Larger and larger. Let's do it better than this now. Are you ready now? Want to go, let's go. The world of the generous gets what? Do you notice that some of you, when you were stretching your hand, you have to be careful not to hit your other neighbor? You notice that? You know why? When you are generous, it affects someone else. When you become, when you start being generous, it is not only for you, some other people get also a part of what you're doing. Can you say amen? The reason why God blesses you in your life is so that you might become a blessing to others. Look at this. But I said the world of the, of the what? Of the stingy. What happens to them? It gets what? Smaller and what? And smaller. So that means the more they are stingy, the more their world gets smaller and smaller. But if you are generous, Bible says your world gets what? Larger and larger. Can you shout amen? Why do you think, see, why do we call it currency? Why is it called currency? Currency is from the root word current. What is current? Current flows. That means money is supposed to flow. Money is not supposed to end with you and remain there. It's supposed to flow to others and also to the next generation after you. Glory to God. Listen, what I'm going to share with you this morning, if you would take management seriously, it is going to affect you generationally. Generationally. That means it will not only affect you, it will affect even your children and your children's children. I know what I'm talking about today. If you will learn how to manage resources, if you will learn how to manage money, it will flow even to the next generation, even to the third and fourth generation, if you will do something with what you have today. Glory to God. That means it will start with you, but it will not end with you. Why? Because it will go to the next generation. Glory to God. 
You know, for, for, for some people, you know, have you ever said things like, why am I saving money that I will soon die? And someone is going to eat it. The Bible says the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. That's selfishness at the root of the heart. That's selfishness. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You know, sometimes, some of you don't know why God blesses you. Sometimes the reason why God will give you a raise, a, a higher paycheck, is not because of you. The reason is because God has already planned that in the future, somebody will need help. And you will be the one to pay the person's house rent. Hi, you're not hearing me this morning. Sometimes you think the reason why you have more is so that you can spend it on yourself. No! Sometimes it's so that you'll pay the school fees of someone else. Sometimes so that you will help somebody who is in need tomorrow. That's the reason why God increases us financially. That's why God gives us more. But you see, it doesn't just, see, availability doesn't mean you will get more money. God is not looking for available people to give more money to. No, when it comes to money, God is looking for ability. Everybody say ability. But before we get there, understand this very carefully. Um, God, or, or write this thing down. Your heart follows your treasure. Write it down. Your heart follows your treasure. The Bible, Jesus said very carefully. He says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is where? It's ease, not the other way around. That means anywhere you put your money into, your heart follows your treasure. Everybody say, can I say, say my heart follows my treasure. Look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 from the NLT version. Bible says, don't stop treasures here or not. Where months eat them and rust. I said verse 21. 21. Everybody read one to go. Uh-huh. Can we read with power this morning? Everybody want to go read. Treasure is, uh-huh. Say this again. Say, say this again. Say, say, God is after my money. Say it again. Say, God is after my money because he's after my heart. You know, that's what Pastor Steve was praying this morning. If you follow very carefully. Glory to God. I don't know if you're listening during the prayer, when you're leading prayer. Can we say together again, everybody? Say, God, <laughs> are you ready now? If I stand up this morning, because some of you, you are already sleeping as I'm preaching. <laughs> say it again. Now, put your hand on your chest. Say, God is after my money, because God is after my heart. Say it again. Say, God is after my money, because God is after my heart. Sit down. Thank you very much. The Bible says, where, it says where your treasure is. What happens? So let me ask you a question. Who competes with God for your heart? Hey. Money, not the devil. Not the devil. The, 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 the entity that competes with God for your heart is money. Because where your money is going, that's where your heart is going. Glory to God. Have you to see that if a man begins to send money to one lady, that's where his heart is going. That's how it works. If you start investing into a business, you will sleep thinking about the business. You will wake up thinking about the business. Why? Because you know how much you are putting inside. It's as simple as that. Where your money is, that's where your heart is. Do you, are you following this money? So, listen. All you need, all you have is all you need at the moment of time. Why? Because you can be a steward over much more than what you have today. But the only qualification for having more than what you have today is dependent on how you manage the little that you have. Hello, somebody? Are you still here this morning? 
So I said money follows mastery, right? But listen, apart from money following mastery, money also requires management. Everybody say money requires management. Now say I am management. Why are you people so, so quiet on me this morning? Say I am management. Now you may be working in a company, you may work in an office, you may not be part of the management team, but when it comes to your money, you are management. You are the management team. Glory to God. You know, I've always said this, and I'll keep saying it again. Any other thing can be mysterious to you. But one thing that should never be mysterious to you is where your money is going. Your money should... You know, for, for some of you, how many of you... Let me, let, me ask a, let me ask a question. How many of you, you were asking God to give you more money, and then more money came to your hand, and you still don't know where the money went? Has it happened to you before? Wave your hand, let me see this money. Yes, you see? So it's not about having more money. It's not about having more money. It's about managing the one you have. See, the only qualification for having more is to manage what you have now. If you can't manage what you have now, forget about more. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So value money, sorry, value management more than you value money. Write it down. Value management more than you value money. So that means you get more money when you get more management. You get more money when you get more management. The reason why some of you will never get more money is because you don't have management. And listen very carefully. Some of you, the reason why God will not give you more money is because you don't even have a budget in your life. You don't have a budget. You don't know how to manage money. And you are asking God to give you money. No, that's a wrong prayer. Stop asking God for more money. Ask him for wisdom to manage what you have. Glory to God. Yes, Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 22. Let me tell you something. Part of being a good father is to know what your children can manage. You don't want to give your child more money than what he can manage. Listen very carefully. God is a good father. And as a good father, he knows what you can handle. He knows what you can manage. So if, uh, if, if, if God is your father and God knows that all you can manage is five million naira, he will not give you more than that. Are you seeing that? Because the day he gives you 50, he knows you are going to mismanage it. And listen, when you don't have management, when it concerns money, it's going to lead to a mess. Are you seeing that? So write this one down. More money without management is misery. More money without management is misery. Look at what the Bible says. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. And what happens? It adds no sorrow to it. So instead of praying for money, pray Ask God for wisdom to manage what you have right now. That means, it, listen, it doesn't matter how much money you have if it comes with sorrow. Sorrow is the poison of possession. What's the point of having more money that will bring you more problems and more sorrows in your life? The reason why that happens is because you lack management. Everybody say management. You know, people can have a lot and they still have nothing in their lives. In fact, let me give you some, some stats. How many of you know NBA players? Basketball players. How many of you, now, M, some of the top NBA pay, players, they earn annually more than 300 million US dollars. That's their income. But let me read for you a report. After 12 years, after 12 years of them becoming NBA players, they get broke. You know what 300 million dollars is? In Naira, let's do the mathematics. 300 million times 1,000 naira. Give me the number in billions. Times 10 is 3 billion. 
times 100 is 30 billion. Then they follow 1,000, 300 billion. How many of you, they give you 300 billion, you never know, broke it in your life? You know, that's what you think. These guys will earn that amount of money after 12 years of, stop, of not having income. They get broke. That's what the stats is. 16% of NBA players get broke after 12 years of, of, of their career when they retire. Now, let me give you another stat. How many of you have ever done lottery before? Lottery to, to get green card or anything like that. Now, there are people who wish they would get lottery. Have you done this lottery where you just when you put your, you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let the numbers go in my favor, O oh Lord. And then you are praying that the lottery will turn in your favor. And then guess what? They're not telling you if you get this lottery, you're going to get $1 million. Many people have won lotteries of millions of dollars. But let me give you a statistic here. One in three lottery winners are bankrupt after 10 years. You ask yourself a question. How did a person manage $1 million, $20 million, $300 million? How come they got broke just 10 years? The reason is because money requires management. Shout it at the loud voice you can. Say money, money. requires management. Say it again. Say money, money. requires management. So your money problem, the answer to your money problem is not more money. The answer to your money problem is more management. It's more management. Are you seeing that? Because what God can trust you is based on what you have already done. Not what you are going to do. Not the promise you are going to promise him. No. God is going to look at the 10,000 you have, the 100,000 you have today. How have you managed that money? If you cannot manage 100,000, you cannot manage 1 million. If you cannot manage 1 million, you cannot manage 10 million. If you cannot manage 10 million, you cannot manage 100. And it goes that way. Because if you can't manage the little you have today, forget about more. Because the, the, the solution to your money problem is not more money. In fact, if without management, more money will produce more mess in your life. And people will wonder, how can somebody have this amount of money and it's broke after 10 years, after 12 years? What happened? Because money requires management. Can you shout amen? Shout amen, somebody. Many of you, you have... You have mismanaged millions. All of you here, most of you, you have mismanaged millions. That's why today I titled my message, The Mismanagement of Millions. The Mismanagement of Millions. Glory to God. And so today I will talk to you about seven secrets to simple stewardship. That I want to share this morning. Now, why do I say you have mismanaged millions? You may say, but pastor, I've never seen... One million naira in my account. Listen, for every one thousand naira you wasted, huh? That one thousand naira could produce one million for you. You think it's a joke? Uh, how many of you think what I just say is a lie? Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to fabricate a statement. It's correct. Listen, we did, we did an analysis in this church. We did something in this church. Let me tell you something. We, we said. Let me tell you what we did. I wish I had the board. I'll have done the mathematics for you now. Okay. Now, no, 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 no need. If, if you, if I, now, are you ready now? Let's follow this very carefully. If, if you saved, how many of you spent 1,000 naira in the last one week? Between last week Sunday and this Sunday. How many of you spent 1,000 naira? To raise your hand now. Be honest in church now. How many of you saved? No, not everybody. So we did not spend any money throughout the week. How many of you? Okay, how many of you did not spend 1,000 naira throughout the week? 
He didn't spend 1,000 naira throughout this week. Anybody like that? I'm serious. Anybody? You didn't spend because they are spending on you. You are still a child, that's why. Children don't spend money. Am I correct? They are spent on. <laughs> your, your sister is the one that is spending money on you. Glory to God. <laughs> All right. Now, follow this very carefully. So, every one of you, you spent 1,000. Am I correct? Now, if you saved 1,000 naira every month, for 12 months, how much have you saved? 12,000, right? If you save that money for 20 years, how much have you saved so far? Talk to me, everybody. 240,000, right? Is this small money? It's small money now. It's not small money. That's money you have already, in fact, some of you have already spent 12K this month already. In fact, this week. You get my point? So, 12K in a year is, is something every one of you can do. Am I, am I following very carefully? Now, look at, I want to show, I want to, I want to blow your mind. Now, we did an analysis. If you could find some kind of investment vehicle that could return 5%, no, let's, no, no, let's not go too far. That could return, yes, 5% on your investment every year, and you compound it for that same 20 years. Guess how much that money will produce? Guess how much? It will produce over 2 billion naira. Some of you, that, that just blew your mind. It will produce over 2 billion naira. What does that tell you? For every 1,000 naira you mismanaged, you already mismanaged millions. Mm. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Don't, you're not quiet on me now. You are thinking about your life and your future. Calm down. Calm down. That's why we're sharing this message. Listen, for every 1,000 naira you mismanaged was an opportunity for me. So stop asking God for more money. So don't say, give me more money. No. Ask God for wisdom to manage what you have. Can you shout amen, somebody? Now, let's start with the seven principles of stewardship. Number one, seek first. Everybody say, seek first. Matthew, Matthew 6, 33 from NLT. Now, when you write seek and seek first, the idea of seeking first, it must affect your thinking. It must affect your thinking. Now, let's start with Solomon. Remember Solomon? Solomon was now the new king after his father David. Are you following? Then now, when Solomon became king, the requirement for sacrifice was bring one animal. One animal was enough for the offering to offer to God. You know what Solomon did? Solomon gave God 1,000. Brothers and sisters, that, that shook God. God said, but all I required was one, one, one animal as a sacrifice. Solomon said, no, the 1,000 will be burnt offering. And the Bible said that when Solomon was sleeping in the night, God came to his sleep and said, brother, he said, man, you shook heaven today. This year, you because he had a kingdom mindset. He said, you shook heaven today. And he said, you know what? Ask me what you want. Can you imagine God telling you? He said, not you not asking God. God is not asking you. Tell me what you want. Boy, what are you going to ask God for? You know what Solomon asked God for? Solomon said, God, all I want from you is wisdom to manage your people. God said, what? He said, angels, man, this guy did not ask me for money. He didn't ask me for cars. He didn't ask me for Ferrari. He didn't ask me for mansions. He didn't ask me for billions. He was only asking me for wisdom. God said, you know what? I'm going to do something for this guy he's never seen. 
All those things he didn't ask for, I will give him all. I will give him all the cars, all the houses, all the riches, that no man will ever be as rich as him. That's what God did with Solomon. The Bible says, seek the kingdom of God above how many else? All else. And live what? Righteously. And he will give you some of the things you need. Hey, he will give you a few of the things you need. He will give you how many things? Everything you need. Solomon's focus was not on the things he needed. He focused on the Lord. He sought the Lord first so that God will affect his mind. Hallelujah. So you see, he was blessed. So when he seek first the kingdom of God, he was blessed by the way. Are you seeing that? So if you get your thinking right, then you are ready for, for, for abundance. Then you are ready for God to give you more than what you have. Can you shout amen? Number two, so frequently. That means trusting. So frequently. That means trusting. Listen, when is the last time you sowed? When was the last time you sowed in a person's life? When was the last time you sowed? Because every time you sow, you are saying that, Father, I trust you. You are saying, Father, I trust you. Because in your giving, you are proving to yourself that God is your source, not yourself. When was the last time you helped somebody? When was the last time you gave money to someone who was homeless? When was the last time you paid someone's school fees? When was the last time somebody said, well, I don't know if I get the money. Maybe they'll use the money. Listen, when it comes to obedience to God, obedience is not about the outcome. It's about the obedience. So if God says to you, I want you to give this person your shoes. You don't say, God, you know when I bought this shoe, do you know how much I saved to buy this shoe? You are not ready for more. You are not ready for more. Sometimes you've got to be ready when God tells you to sow. This is, and sowing is not the one time. Sowing must be what? Frequently. Everybody say frequently. Because every time you are doing that, you are declaring to the Lord, you are declaring to yourself that, Father, I trust you with my life. Glory to God. Learn to help people. Learn to sow frequently in the lives of people. Can you shout amen? Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9, 10. From New King James Version. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supplies and multiplies the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Isn't that powerful? God is the one that gives seed to the sower. Then the sower will take the seed and sow it in the ground. Look at that. All the money you have is God that gave it to you. Can you see, man? So if God says, sow, I sow. If God tells me, sow, I do what? Say it again. If God says so, what do I do? You know, I remember, listen, God can require, you know, I'll, I'll, come, to, I'll come to something in a moment. God can require anything from you any day, any time. I'm telling the truth. You know, I remember a story of one man and his wife. God told them to empty all their accounts. and go and give it to a man, to the man of God. And they came with everything. They were trembling. But they said that it's God that asked them to do it. How many of us, the things that God has, not what I told you, what God told you. How many of us, the things that God has told us to sow, we have refused to do it? And we're asking God for more? You're not ready. The world of the, talk to me. The world of the, how does it get? It gets what? Enlarger. It's as simple as that. If you are not generous, forget about more. Forget about more. I'm telling the truth. Forget about more. I remember one time, there was a friend of mine, he bought an iPhone. I went on campus then. And then in the service, God said he should give that iPhone to somebody else. He took the iPhone and gave it to somebody. I remember one time, also on campus, 
One guy went in fellowship, God asked one guy to give God his palms. The guy went back home barefooted. He said, God asked me to give He didn't say, when we reach home. He did it right there. He gave the guy the palms. <laughs> Hallelujah. If God says so, what do we do? We sow. As long as God is the one that said it, we are doing it. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Number three, spend feasibly. That means tracking. Spend feasibly. Now, let me tell you something. Every one of us in life will always manage more than others. Are you following? Now, don't be intimidated by someone else who is managing more than you. Now, and we are all at different levels financially. So, for instance, at the level you are, you may not be able to afford an iPhone. Are you following? And then you see somebody who can buy even 10 iPhones, but just retire to buy one. And because you want to feel like you're on the same level, to deceive yourself, you now struggle and struggle and struggle to buy iPhone. To prove, to prove what? That you can buy iPhone. You are spending foolishly. Are you seeing that? You spend feasibly. You track your spending. Don't just spend more than your income. Are you following? Don't spend more than what you earn. If all you earn is 10000 don't spend 20000 Are you seeing that? And stop counting somebody else's money. See that guy? That guy get money. Stop counting their money. Count your own. Count your own. Mind your business. Hallelujah. <laughs> Mind your business. Spend based on what you can afford. Listen, the reason is that when you do that, you are not trying to impress anybody. You are trying to impress God. So God can see your level of management and can entrust you with more. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14 verse 28. NLT. Luke 14 28. NLT. Guys, be quick. The Bible says, But don't begin until what? You count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? So you want to impress people. You now go and buy shoe of 50,000 and your salary is 100,000. How foolish you are. When you see somebody who is buying shoes of 50000 and they are fine, do you know how much they have? Do you know what they can afford? Maybe that 50000 is just 0.1% of their income. But you, that shoe you bought 50K is 50% of your income. That's foolishness. So you spend feasibly. Why? Because you are not trying to impress nobody. You are trying to impress God with your management skills. That, it, so that means God knows that if he gives you more, you will manage it properly. Hallelujah. Tell, you, tell yourself, I will spend less, way less than what I earn. So, and listen, some of us, at the level we are, you cannot be going to boutique to buy clothes. The place you have to go to is being down select. You select the fine clothes, iron it very well, wash it very well, and look nice. And impress God with what you can afford. Hallelujah. You must not buy iPhone. There's kunk phone. Are you following this morning? I want to buy Samsung. And you cannot afford it. Imagine you save six months to buy Samsung phone. Six months. No, 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 no. You are deceiving yourself. God can't trust you with more money. That's why you are still broke. That's why you are still broke. 
And you're asking God, God, give me more. God said, no, this one, if we give him more, <laughs> he'll become a mess. Nobody can talk to him anymore. Hallelujah. Number four, save fundamentally. Saving fundamentally is about timing. So we don't save money just to save money. No. Some people, saving has become their God. They just save money and look at their account and say, hey, see how much I've saved. No, no, no. That's not the idea of saving money. That's not why. Listen, because even that money you are saving the account, what if God asked you for the entire money in that savings account? What are you going to do? And I say, but God, you know, I'll be saving. No, God can ask you for it. You see, so saving money is not just for saving, not for the sake of looking at your account and feeling good. No, 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 no. The purpose of saving money is for saving because there will be a time where you need that amount in that account. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. You know, it's when things are not looking like now. Like in Genesis 41, you read about the man called Joseph. Joseph became the prime minister. When he became a prime minister, he ordered that the time they had abundance, he said, let's start saving 20% of what we have. Isn't that powerful? And guess what? When they saved that amount of money for years, when the time famine came, guess what? Egypt was not doing any business, but they had enough to take care of themselves and even others. Such that the brothers that even betrayed Joseph, Joseph was the one who was taking care of them. Isn't that powerful? That God raised that guy so that one day he will supply the needs of his betrayers. Powerful. Hallelujah. So, but you see, Joseph understood management. So when they had abundance, he wasn't just living a lavish lifestyle, spending all he got. No, they were saving. Saving in the time of abundance. In the time of abundance, you save. You save because the time will come where you will need from, that, from those savings. Glory to God. Now the next one, because, and listen, when, okay, let me add some more things. Let me say some more things in that, in that area. So in a season of plenty, you save. You see that? And listen, isn't it any so, so terrible that in school, they didn't teach us about money. How do you take a course on money in school? Secondary school, primary school? Nothing. You know why? Because the government and the society wants you to be ignorant about money. Because the more ignorant you are about money, the more you don't know how to manage it, and the more you give them the machine to run your life as they want to. Glory to God. So we don't save out of fear. No, no, no. That's not what we're saving. We save for other seasons of life. For other seasons of life. For instance, there will be a time in your life where you will not be eligible to work anymore. What are you going to do then? You'll be waiting for children to send you money. Be waiting. Say, I have plenty of children. All of them be sending you money every month. Okay. What a foolish... Bible says that a good father. <laughs> We're coming to that one. <laughs> Number five. Secure the future. Secure the future. It means transferring. Transferring. Proverbs 13 verse 22 from ESV. Proverbs 13 verse 22 from ESV. Can we read everybody want to go? <coughs> Some of you are not reading. Can we read the power and everybody want to go read? Uh-huh. To his what? To his children's children. Uh-huh. Hold on. That's, that's enough. A good man. What does he do? Who are his children's children? His grandchildren. How many of you inherited something from your grandparents? 
You did? What did you hear from your, grandpa, your, grandpa, your mother or father? Your dad. What did you hear it from him? Land. Powerful. That's what a good man does. And know when I asked the question, some of you were smiling. The question is, remember, he doesn't know who is, him, is, him and his grandfather may not be that close. Do you know your grandfather? Is he still alive? He's not alive anymore, right? Guess what? The father is gone. His grandfather, not his father, his grandfather is gone. But he got something from his grandfather. The reason for securing the future is that people who don't know you will be blessed from you. Hallelujah. People who don't know you will be blessed for you. Yes, that's what happens. The reason why we don't think this way is because of poverty mindset. Poverty mindset has so finished our minds that we think, why will I be saving money and be doing something for children's children when me, I've not enjoyed my whole life now? Have you ever people say things like, why will I be saving money when I never enjoy my life? No, that's the voice of foolishness. You secure the future. You plan. Listen, it's something you can start planning now. Let me amaze you. Some of you don't know anything. You don't have any information. Guess what? From where you are today, if you are 25 or if you are 30 years old, right, you may have grandchildren in the next, depending, 20, 30, 40 years from now. If you add that to your age, some of you may still be alive. Some of you may be gone by then. 30 years from now, 40 years from now. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Now, if you start doing something now, it will affect your grandchildren. If you start doing something now, that's one one thousand you can be saving. You say now, <laughs> you know, you can you can start. Um, let me tell you something you can do. You can start first if you, if you are going to give it to three children, two children, whatever number. Think about the children that we have. If it's four, ten, whatever number, and then you can start saving money for each of them one by one. One one thousand for each person. You start today. I'm telling the truth. And you put it in some, some um, money generating account with a bank or whatever, whatever they can find, mutual fund, whatever it is. That money will be growing, be growing year after year, year after year. In 40 years' time, those tiny, tiny money that you were saving will turn to millions in 40 years, in 30 years from now. But it's something you have to be deliberate about. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. You have to be deliberate about it. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You know, so that's how powerful it is. So you, we, we have to expand our mind. We have to expand our mind. We have to think of the future. We have to plan for your children. Some of you can start even investing in your children that are not yet even born. You can start it now. Don't wait until when they are born. You can start something now. All the money, all the excess money you have that you are wasting and lavishing, you open an account in around a ch- your child's name. You start saving money inside there. Start putting something. If you can afford to buy a land, buy a land in your child's name. When a child grows up, you change the name, whatever name, you change it back to the child's name. And you keep it. But you see, you are, you are doing what the Bible says. A good man lives an inheritance to his children's children. Don't just think about yourself. No, 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 no. Listen, every one of you sitting down here today, if they will ask your grandchildren the same question I'm asking today, I hope you will not laugh the way you laughed this morning. Maybe they did not hear this thing I'm sharing with you now. In... Your grandchildren, when I ask, when, when somebody asks them, come here, I don't mean to ask them. <laughs> Let's say if my son asks them or somebody else asks them or one of your child asks them. They say, how many of your grandparents left and inherited your children? They will reach and say, Kai, our father gave us houses, properties. That's the way it ought to be. That's the way it ought to be. Not the other way where the parents are looking to the children. 
to come and be, be the ones living inheritance for them. No, 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 no. That's backwardness. Poverty, everybody say poverty mindset. Say, I have to expand my mind. Say, say, I have to expand my mind. Some of you don't like to expand your mind. That's why you're not talking this morning. Say, I like to expand my mind. Yes. Number six, savour fully. S-A-V-O-R. Savour fully. That means tasting. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have eaten some very, very nice food that when you started eating the food, you slowed down? Because the, the food was tasting so good, and you didn't want to rush the food, so you slow down to eat that food slowly so that you enjoy the food. Anybody ate the food like that before? What food was that you ate? What food? Huh? Buffet. So you had like so many options there. So come on, give me the name of the food that you ate. Any other person? What food did you eat that you wanted to take? As soon as you raise your hand, I've dropped your hand now. Talk to me. Which food did you eat? <laughs> Which one? What was the food you ate? Huh? What was the food you ate? Is it Gary and, and Granot? What's the food? What's the food? What's the food? Fresh fish. Fresh fish. And you took your time to eat it because it was too sweet. Any other food again? Which one? Caribbean rice. I like that. Any other, any other food again? Like chicken casserole. You took your time to eat that for any other food again. Give me, give me some names. Give me some names. Give me some names. Daniel. The Lord help you. Granots. <laughs> you know, so there are this food that when you, want, when you tasted the food, you slowed down because you didn't want the food to finish so fast. You took your time to eat the food. Why? Because it was so sweet. Now, listen, let me say something about that. What that means is, the Bible says, taste and see that what? That the Lord is good. That means God also wants you to enjoy your life. There should be a time where you can take yourself to the beach and just look at the wonders of the earth. It's part. God wants you to travel for vacations, have a good time. But you see, before you do that, the question is, have you done the other things I just said above? Because if you have not secured the future, if you have not saved, if you have not seen God first, and you go and be savoring fully, when you come back, from your enjoyment, <laughs> you go back to poverty. Are you seeing that? But if you have done the things above, I said, and then you have more, Bible says, savour fully. It's time for you to enjoy because God wants you to taste and see that the Lord is good. That means God wants you to also enjoy your life as well. But before you start doing the enjoyment part of life, the question is, have you seek first? Have you um, sold frequently? Have you spent visibly? Have you saved fundamentally? Have you secured the future? If you have done that, then you serve fully. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Number seven. So listen, when you do that, when you do things God's way, your life will get sweeter, it will get better, and it will get richer. That's what happens in your life. Glory to God. Yes. Now number seven. Number seven, the last one. You know, I told you I'm giving you um, seven, right? Guess what? The first six things I just told to you are the principles from God's word. Such that even if someone is not a Christian and they do the six things I just said, they will live in prosperity. That's the truth. They will live in prosperity. But now this is the seventh one I want to give to you. The seventh one is set apart the forbidden. That means the titan. Set apart the forbidden. Set apart the forbidden. 
That is the Titan. Now, the Titan goes all the way back to Eden. Remember, in the Garden of Eden, there were many trees. There were many trees in the garden. But God told Adam, he says, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He says, don't touch it. He says, don't eat of that tree. What does that mean? This one is set apart for me. This one is my own. Don't touch my own. It's called the forbidden. So all the while, it has been there. Glory to God. So the reason why they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden was because they went to eat of what God said, don't touch. Because this one was the set apart thing for God. You see that? Now the Titan means 10%. 10% of every increase that you have in your life, God says, is for the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. 10% of whatever increase you have belongs to the Lord. Glory to God. Listen, you know, some people, they, they don't, they, <laughs> you know, God is raising us as, as a key to the rise of, of a holy rebellion against the nonsense that happens in the church most of the time. And many people hate us for that, but it's fine. And they can say all they want to say about us, but we'll keep moving, we'll keep shining, and we'll get better and better by the day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Look at Malachi 3. Because the church have abused Malachi 3 for so long, and we don't even understand it anymore. Malachi 3 verse 8. Let's go there. Malachi 3, 8. The Bible says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. <laughs> but you say, in what way have you robbed you? And God now saying, tithe and offering. Now hold on. Hold on. Then the preacher comes and says, brethren, how many of you in this morning are robbing God? If you rob God, you are robbing God because you didn't pay your tithe and offering. Pay your tithe. Give your offering to God and you stop robbing God. Do you have brain? How many of you have brain? How can somebody rob God? No, but let's think carefully. Can you rob God? Talk to me. Can you rob God? <laughs> can somebody go to heaven and say, God, give me everything you have. <laughs> you will shoot the bullet, the bullet will come to you. You can't rob God. Are you following this? So you've got to understand the scripture. When God is saying you have robbed me, what is he saying? He's saying that you have robbed me of the opportunity to bless you. Oh. Look at the next verse, verse 9. He says, you are cursed with a curse. He says, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, hold on. If you are in Christ, you are, not, you are no longer under any curse. But remember, the world is already cursed. So every time you eat your tithe, every time you eat what belongs to God, you put yourself under the canopy of the cursed world. That means the curse that works against them begin to work in your life. But it wasn't God that put it in your life because you are in Christ. Are you seeing that? But because you are not practicing, you are not doing your part by taking what belongs to God and giving it to him, you are not under the blessing. So you are robbing God of the opportunity to bless you. Glory to God. He says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. The storehouse is talking about the church. The house of God, the place, the local church where you attend, where you function, where you serve. He said, bring it to the tithe. He said, that there will be food in my house. He said, and try me. Man, Kaparade. God is saying, and I just says, test me. He says, prove me. He says, say the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to, to, what? to receive it. That means every time you take what belongs to God, you rob God of the opportunity to bless you. So that means the tithe is a test. The tithe is a test to show where your trust is. To show. Because listen. Let me. Let me. I'll show you something in a moment. Let me show you something else. Um, Leviticus 27 verse 30. Leviticus 27 verse 30. 
He says, and all the time of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Are you seeing that? Now, let me listen very carefully. When you earn money, when somebody gives you money, whether it's a gift, whether it's salary, 10% of that is God's own. Listen very carefully. So you are returning what belongs to God. You are not paying him. You either are you giving him, you are returning what belongs to the Bible says that it, the Lord is the, it is holy to the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 26, verse 1 to 2. It says, and it shall be, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, it says that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring forth from the land, that the, that, um, that the Lord, your God, is giving you. And put it in a basket. And go to the place where the Lord your God has chosen to make his name abide. Talking about the church. Are you seeing that? Verse 13 now. He says, then you shall say to the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithes from my house. And I've also given them to the Levites, the stranger, the fatherless, the widows. According to all your commandments, which you have commanded me, I have not transgressed your commandment, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten, look at it, of any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use. Some of you, the tithe, you have used it for unclean things. You have used it in times of money. Say, ah, this money never reached for me. Make I go use them. You have eaten the Lord's money. That's what the Bible is saying. He says, look at it then. Then he says that I have obeyed the voice of the Lord your God and I have done according to all that you have commanded me. Verse 15. He says, look down. From your holy habitation from heaven, and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given them, just as you have swore to your father, a land flowing with milk and honey. God wants your life to flow with milk and honey. Are you seeing that? But for that to happen, you've got to set apart the forbidden. Don't touch what belongs to God. And you've got to be fat. Listen, so, so some of us, the reason we pay our tithes when we have done the rest. No, 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 no. The tithe is the first. That means before you touch the money, you take what belongs to God, and give it to him. And God will bless the 90. And what the 90 will do will be far more than what the 100 will have done for you. I know what I'm talking about. Glory to God. Listen, when I understood this more than 10 years ago, I've been, there's no, I don't, once money in my account, the first thing I do, I send my tithes. I don't wait till Sunday. Now it's so, it's so nice. Account is there. As it don't interfere, I send it. Why? Because I, I know it's a test. It's a test. It's like somebody giving you his money and say, just give me 10%. And you say, you not pay. What a wicked person. Hallelujah. And, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> Matthew 23, 23. So you say, well, that is not the Old Testament. Look at the new. The Bible says, Matthew 23, 23. Put it on the screen quickly. By the way, can I have a table? That communion table. Bring it for me here. I want to show you something. Daniel 23, 23. He says, What do you teach out of the law and Pharisees? You hypocrites. He says, You have given a tenth of your spices. Mint, deal, cumin. You know all the spices that you use in your house? Ladies, cumin. You know cumin? All those spices. They give, they, they give tithes. Can you imagine that? These guys. That was the fact. They were giving tithes of them. He says, But you have neglected the more important of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He said, you should have practiced the letter without neglecting the former. So God is saying, I know that you um, are giving tithes and doing that. He says, but that's not enough. You do justice, you give mercy, you give faithfulness, but don't neglect the tithes. 
Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Listen, you will always lose what you mismanage. You will always lose what you mismanage. Now, is there any student in this place? Any student? Raise your hand. Who wants to, who wants to volunteer and come? I want to show you something this morning. Come here. Bring the offering. Bring this offering box. I want to show you something. No, 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 no. Leave it. Leave it. You just come. <laughs> What's your name? Huh? Who's team? Christine. Okay, stay here. What school do you attend? Put it here. Nursing school. Put it here. Bring my bag. Quickly. From the office. Quick, 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 quick. Sarikobaharabaya. Likume. Something's going to happen this morning. Glory to God. I want to show you, listen, when you practice this in your life, you are going to see God supplying to you. I'm telling you, places you never told me can come from, God, see, and when God pours you out a blessing, sometimes it's not money. It can be an idea. It can be somebody. God can send somebody into your life that will bless you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Bring it. Come on, Pastor, come, come and help me. I want to show you something. Watch this. Hold this. Camera guys, show this thing now. Hold this. Now, hey, this fan. Off this fan. For this fan, we'll start blowing our money away. <laughs> I want to show you something. Now, watch this. This is, okay? No, we'll start with this. This, this is 500, 500, 500. 500, 500, 500, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Now, when God blesses you with money, now, give your tithe. Yes, give your tithe in, in this money now. The tithe is the, is, the tenth, is the tenth of whatever God blesses you with. So take one, just one. Put it in the offering basket. Now, put it here. Now, this mini 90 is now your own now. Watch this. Hold this. Now, watch this again. You have this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now, give your tights. Okay? Now, all this one now. Keep, keep this one. Hold this. Now, watch this again. One, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now give your tight. Give your tight. Now, all this money is your own now. Now, question is, how are you going to manage this money that you have with you? Is that up to you with God now? Now, this thing, now I saw this money is your own. <laughs> she's, she's still wondering what is going on. Now, this money, this money is not from the church. This money is Pastor Jennifer and my money together. Now, we are blessing you with this money. This money. <laughs> Glory to God. 
Now listen, 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 listen. I don't know her. I don't know her. Are you following? I don't know what you are going through in your life. I don't know what God, why God decided to bless you with this this morning. But you see, this is what God can do in your life. When you do what God asks you to do. When you do the little, when God says give the tent, give the tent out of what you have. If you will do and obey God's voice, you will see his blessing in your life. Can you shout amen, somebody? Take this one. Now, hold on. Um, confidence, come. Daniel, come. I want to show you something else. Now, stand here. <laughs> you can go back. Thank you. Ushers, come and take this one. Move this one. Now, watch this. Come. Stand, stand here. Three of you stand here. Now, watch this. Now, imagine I give my wife money already every month. Are you watching? I give my wife money. And, but then, I thought that I want to do something else because she's my bride. So, I decided to pass the money through three of these guys. And I say every month, give her this amount of money. Are you listening? So, I gave this guy... One million every month. This other guy, one million every month. And this other guy, one million every month. Are you following? Then I tell them, when I send you this money on the 15th of every month, all you have to do is send 10% of the money to our account. Are you following? So I send them the money the first month. I don't know what they did. So after four months... I now decided to do an investigation. So I now called my wife and asked her that um, there were three people that I asked to give you money every month. Tell me about um, the first guy, Pastor Steve. How has he been doing? How much has he been sending you? He said, oh, Pastor Steve, he says like clockwork. Every month, the money just comes to the account and he gets the, she gets the 100000 every month. Are you listening? Then I talked about, I said, well, what about Daniel? He said, Daniel, oh, Daniel even sends me 200000 every month. I say, wow. I say, but all I ask him to do is to send 10%. He sent 200 to her every month. And then guess what? The remaining 90 is for them. Are you following this morning? Then this other guy, sometimes he sends 550000 um, Sometimes he sends 20000 In fact, the last four months, he did not send nothing. So then now he was broke. Hello? Are you still here? Now, when I saw this, and I asked him, I said, but I asked you to be giving her 100000 every month. And the remaining money is your own. How come you are not doing what I asked you to do? She now, he now said, well, you know, pastor, I have many problems in my life. Things are hard. But I said, it's my money. It was not your money. It was my money that I gave to you. And I said, use this money to manage for me Every month. But he refused. Then this other guy, I said, wow, you did a good job. I asked you for only 200000 but instead you were giving 200000 every month. You know what I'm going to do? Hmm? The Bible says the one who refused to manage what God gave to him, the one million that I gave to him, I will take it from him and I will give it to Daniel. Why? We can know that Daniel will give double. Are you following this money? And then this one, will stop getting the flow, this other two will keep getting the flow. Because God gives us money according to our ability, not according to our availability. 
is according to the ability that you have to manage what he gives to you. Can you shout amen, somebody? Now, if I give this guy two million, this guy now may get angry. That why is this guy getting blessed and he's not getting blessed? Don't get angry when others are getting blessed more than you. The question is, how are you managing what you've got in your life? Hallelujah. Look at Luke 16, verse 11 now from NIV. Luke 16, 11 to 12. Luke 16. Bible says, so if you have been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth. He says, who would trust you with what? True riches. That means money is not true riches. True riches are people. If God cannot trust you with money, he can't trust you with people. Look at the next verse. He says, so if you have been untrustworthy in handling worldly wealth. He says, who will entrust you with true riches? Look what the Bible is saying. Verse, verse 12 now. He says, and if you, have been, if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, like I did. He said, who will give you your own property? That's what God is saying to you this morning. So the question is, you will always lose what you mismanage. So stop praying for more money. Are you seeing that? You need to pray for what? More what? More what? More what? More management. Everybody say more management. Say it again. Say more management. Why? Because money is the key to your heart. Money is the key to your heart. And when you start on a journey of managing money, managing resources, God begins to bless you and trust you with more resources. Why? Because he knows that this one can manage money very well. Can you shout them in this morning? Thank you very much. Stand your feet, everyone. Thank you, Lord. What a blessed day we have. Glory to God.